Welcome everybody to World's Greatest Podcast for our comic movie and other nerdy needs. I'm Riley. And I'm Joey and we're just two dudes taking the world one podcast at a time. And we always just by asking one simple question. What's up with you? So, what's up with you, Riley? Uh, not too much. I watched... I'm caught up on all the Rick and Mortys that have currently existed at a time of recording. Yes. But Which is the 12th of May. May. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> time is irrelevant. Um... <laughs> What was the uh, last one? Uh, oh, the last two one was episodes a... came out. I think two episodes came out since, yeah, so, you know, since a while. But um, yeah. the last episode was a uh, was an alien. Yes, it was. It was parasite aliens. Yeah, like an air an an alien like parody thing. Yeah, kind of. Kind? Like, very loosely? Yeah. Like, there were obviously some ploys with the very wet eggs, and they suck on your face, and then they impregnate them. But also... And they poop them out. They pooped out another egg. So it was kind of pointless. Because they just killed themselves in order to produce one more creature. Of the same type, so it's kind of, kind of, kind of silly. Yeah, I liked it. I thought that it was good. I mean, it was fun. I think I liked the uh, Never Ricking Morty more, though. So that one was that was the that was the time one, right? Not the time, the story of Train one. Yeah, right? the Train one. That was that was, yeah, it was interesting. A trip. Because, I, I mean, they make... So it's so meta. It's so meta. Yeah, it's really meta. The entire episode's just meta. And I guess it was their... their What, their stupid episode instead of the... what they did, Like an anthology episode. Instead of interdimensional cable. They decided to do that. Which is interesting. I support it. It's amazing... The ideas that these creators have. Yes, they truly have many big brains. It's very impressive. I'm not sure if all of the brains are their brains, you know? But I mean... Probably not. I'm sure that... I mean, everyone is inspired by each other, so... There was a lot of Jesus. That was funny. I thought that was so... That was pretty funny. (laughs) It's alright, Morty, time to pray to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like what on earth is happening? Wait, like, where where are we? Like what is that what's going on? Justin Rowland, what a man. What a what a crazy man. And Dan Harmon. Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon. They they really made they really be making shows, don't they? They really do. They really do. But Joey, have you tried out their new show, Solar Opposites? Is that what that's what it's called? Yes. Um, however, I have not tried it yet. I've seen a lot of ads for it, but it to me just kind of seemed like a Rick and Morty knockoff. But I didn't realize that they were made by the same people. 
<laughs> well, that that is true. You know, like man, that really looks like Rick and Morty, and then it turns out Justin Rowland's working <laughs> oh, on it. So it you're is. Like, ah, yeah, it's got his signature style to it. And supposedly pretty good. Supposedly. But it's but probably no crossovers with Rick and Morty anytime soon because Solar Opposites is owned by Disney and Rick and Morty's owned by Warner Brother. So hmm. don't don't expect any crossovers anytime soon. Unless it Disney just Disney buys out Warner Brothers. <laughs> I mean that'd be a power move. That'd be most impressive. If they were capable of doing that. I don't even know if they have the assets. Probably not. Yeah, Warner Brothers is pretty big. They own a lot of things. Well, because I think, because what? Because it's, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's they just own a lot. Just every, everyone owns a whole lot. Yeah, no, I haven't really done much of anything else. You know, watch Rick and Morty, good laugh, pretty funny, pretty funny ha-has. Ha-ha, hee-hee. <laughs> Um, I don't really think any anything too much outside of that. Started playing some more Red Dead. Oh, nice! Being a How's little ca- little cowboy. Little cowboy. Uh, pretty 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 swell. I was trying to rob a man's a li- illegal liquor store, and nice. then I then there was like invisible walls, so I couldn't get around them, and so I shot him in the toe, and it killed him instantly. Nice. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I just wanted him That's to move, you know? What happened in the Wild West? Yeah, you get shot in the toe. Yeah, shot in the toe, immediately die. die. Invisible walls. Illegal liquor stores. Yep. Um, I, would, I accidentally ran into the sheriff, like walked into him, and suddenly I got a wanted level and the entire town tried to kill me. Ah. Uh, hey, nice. when that happens. Yep. <laughs> Happens a lot, you know. Yeah, it really does. It, it truly, it truly, truly does. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've, I mean, really, my entire life has just becoming cowboys. It feels like these past few days. That's fair. Honestly, it's a good life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just want to be a cowboy sometimes. I mean, sometimes you just want to be a cowboy. It's a good life. Without I, all the like dying and stuff. I mean, yeah, like, like, it's, I mean, if you don't die, if you don't die, it's probably pretty okay. Yeah, not bad, not too bad, if if I do say so. Uh, because I, well, what brought this up was, well, we watched some movies. We did watch some movies, and then I started reading about another movie. What movie? The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. A very long title. That is a I very, must, very long title. If I must say. Um, but it stars Brad Pitt as Jesse James and Casey Affleck as Robert Ford. So, you know, two uh, two very famous outlaws. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with Jesse James. The outlaw um, Jesse James. You ever? I mean, sure, you've at least heard of him from. I've heard of the name. I don't. Yeah, know what he did I don't. I don't know what he did. I mean, he was an outlaw. That's all I ever know. Um, 
But Robert Ford, he was also an outlaw, and he's best known for killing Jesse James. So that's why the movie is called The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. You know, it, it really, hmm. it's, it's, its lack of conciseness really does paint the picture for you really well. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, Jesse Woodson James was an American outlaw, bank and train robber, uh, guerrilla, wait. Like a guerrilla warfare person. Yeah, guerrilla and leader of the James Younger Gang. Imagine having a gang named after you. That'd be pretty. I mean, what's up with viewers? Start us a gang. Start us the 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 the, the good old what's up what's up with gangs? What's up what's with gangs? <laughs> exactly. That's pretty cool. But yeah, this is a movie that I was like, I should watch this movie. Um, because we watch these other movies that are very wet. So, so the thing about this is because is that it, it's it's a what, how do they wear it? Like it's like an anti-western. It's an anti-western or a revisionist western film, right? How does that work? So it's not like a true western, and 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 re- really, this is tying too much into our topic for the week, um, because uh, so. A, this or it's also known as a post-western uh it's basically it's like a western style movie but i mean it it's more ambiguous about rights and wrongs maybe or like it doesn't just have the good guy shoot the the outlaw at the end and everything's happy you know Mm, yeah it's like darker more serious more dramatic more real uh some famous or like earlier ones like like but early time uh, modern, modern time. I'm bad with words right now. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up. You're I guess good. I've been up since you know, like, she'd say nine hours ago. But I guess I'm now choosing to wake up. Uh, Django Unchained. I guess this has one, the Lone Ranger, that kind of style. Okay. Um, I mean, there's famous ones that go all the way back to like the '40s, like Buffalo Bill. I saw Jesse James, 1950s Broken Arrow. Uh. Uh, the Magnificent Seven from the '60s, which I guess you could say the new Magnificent Seven. Then too, why not, right? Because it's yeah. the same movie. Uh, True Grit, the True Grits, because I mean there that was a remake as well. Um, but yeah, you kind of get it. They're just they're. I think it's kind of like how like you know like spaghetti westerns came a thing, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, this is a this is a part of a lot of spaghetti westerns. A lot of them did that. Uh, I did learn about a thing called Australian westerns. Kangaroo westerns are also known as meat pie westerns. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like it's just westerns. What is but... different about a kangaroo western? No, no, no. They're just it's all the same name for the same thing. Oh, okay. And the reason they say meat pie western is because they call spaghetti westerns for the Italian westerns that are made that were made. Ah, uh, gotcha. So it's like a it's a play on that. Um, but yeah, so I was learning about the genre, and uh, came across it because of the assassination of Jesse Finch by the coward Robert Ford, and also because of uh, No Country for Old Men. I think you could argue. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think you could. I don't know. I kind of want to argue 
No Country for Old Men's kind of like that style of Western. It's definitely not a classic Western. Right. Uh, it's labeled as a neo-Western, which I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. know what that means. Oh, here we go. Contemporary or neo-Western. Uh, oh, it's just modern day is what it is. Contemporary oh, okay. U.S. settings. Um, but I would say there's a subgenre of some anti-Western in it. Because, I mean, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it more later, though. Well, we'll say, but it's, it's not your run-of-the-mill Western. Right, yeah. Oh, Joey, and for all those Floridians out there, there's something called Cracker Westerns. Which are westerns set in Florida during the Second Seminole War. <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah. Oh, there's so many specific genres in here, Joey. Oh my goodness. Westerns. They they were something, weren't they? Yeah, they really were. The the time of the Western movie lasted longer than the actual, you know, time period they're based off ever existed. Which is pretty funny, in my opinion. Yeah, I want to watch that movie. So hopefully I watch that movie. What about you, Joey? Any 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 cool beans you've been up to? You've been eating any cool beans? Uh, I have not had my daily fill of cool beans, actually. Very <laughs> oh, sad. no! Um, but I did finally get a drop of Valorant. Oh, uh, yes, we have. After watching, Valorant. like, 50 hours of Twitch streams. I forgot we uh, some Valorant. Yeah, it it it's it's a game. It's it, fine. It's it's yeah. It's really just okay. I mean, nothing more to it. I mean, they they need to change a lot of things and fix a lot of things. And I think when they make those changes, then I'll like the game a lot more. Because I mean, I I do have fun with it. I think that. The idea of like FPS shooter mixed with like like abilities is pretty fun, and like yeah. oh, like people always compare it to like Overwatch and CS:GO, which I mean, were both a lot of fun. Like both very good games. They just yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel like Overwatch was much less popular, but I mean, like when it first came out, it was like very hyped up yeah and i th- I think valorant is kind of getting a lot of hype right now but people keep on either wanting it to be overwatch or it to be csgo yeah yeah i, I do see a lot of complaints about that like oh it's just csgo overwatch which you can say is fine because i mean that game doesn't exist I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like I mean, the game is more CS:GO than it is Overwatch, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, which is fine. Like, I think the base is fine. I think a CS:GO shooter with abilities is perfectly fine. Yeah. My problems with it are it doesn't really look all that interesting. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's not I think the a lot of I think stuff. The character models it. are good. I think the character models are good. Yeah, but other yeah, than that, everything else is so boring to watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's because it's, like, so... I mean, it's still in beta, right? Technically, yeah. But is this the kind of beta where they're, like... No, this is the final game. done with it? Yeah, like, I don't know. I agree. I don't know. It's, it's a good point to bring up, because they could do a lot, 
and it could be great, or this could be it, and then it's bad. Yeah. What if it just never leaves beta? It's just, it's one of those games that they're like, oh, but it's still in beta, so that makes it, it that makes it okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hate games. I hate games that do that. They just hide behind the beta. Like, you can call anything a beta. Yeah, you you really can. <laughs> like, I mean, that doesn't... It's like, it's just a meaningless word now. Oh, it really is. Very. It's very... either an alpha or it's done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I think the guns are very boring. Um, they all yeah, really... There's only, like... It's like three maybe guns. five guns that you can yeah. use. <laughs> there's the sniper model yeah there, there's the op uh and then there's the odin and then there's the phantom and the vandal and then uh if you're feeling like buying something whatever the really cheap oh, gun is yeah, the i can't even remember yeah. yeah and then those... and then the pistols i've like the pistols they're all fine yeah, the like, pistols all look very all, unique. All of them me. are very unique and good. I like all of them. But all the rifles are terrible. Well, like, yeah, they're all just really boring. Like, I guess the Op and the Vandal and the Phantom. I mean, the, the problem is I'm like, oh, those are fine because those are the base designs. And then all the other guns are just variations on it. Yeah, pretty much. Also, I, why do why do so many guns have silencers that, and they're all the same silencer? And so it just adds to it. They all just look like bricks. It just looks like everyone's carrying black bricks around and shooting each other with them. Pretty much. And also, it's so boring. I just, I gotta complain about the bulldog because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, the bulldog. That's I was. Dumbest I gun in the world. I always forget the bulldog's a gun. It's so bad. When you hip fire it, it's fully auto. And then when you aim with it, it's the three burst. I know, that's such a weird game mechanic that they have throughout it multiple spots. Yeah, it's like, why? Like, it, it should be an option. You can change it to a three burst or change it to a fully auto. Yeah. I mean, another weird thing is that, like, the hipfire isn't as good as CSGO. Like, it, 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 it's closer to as good as CSGO than something like Rainbow Six Siege. But at the same point some get like really the bulldog has so much spread after the it's ridiculous it's yeah yeah you have to aim down sights with it i was noticing and i mean really even like i don't know it is just the game doesn't doesn't feel very good every time i get shot through walls it's kind of i mean you could just because like can you just shoot oh, through every wall in the game it, I think. it seems like you can it like the game is and, not very responsive and telling you what is shootable and what isn't it's it really does not like like there are some thick brick walls that i would just get headshot i I was standing behind a metal wall um i forget which side it was who knows who cares it doesn't matter it it, it just doesn't make sense like this is a metal wall this is a brick wall like how am i being shot through this like like doors okay doors okay doors are pretty thin and made of wood doors sure that's totally fine but, like, this is, like, three feet of concrete. Yeah, it's, like, this doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, the maps are also pretty bland. It's just whatever. But it's fine. It's fun to game a little bit. I mean, yeah, if you're... It, it can get very frustrating. <laughs> the other night, when I kept on getting shot through walls, that was very frustrating because it was super confusing. 
But like, I think if you're just chilling, vibing with your buds, it's playing, fine. Yeah. it's yeah, just fine. You you cannot take it seriously, which is really hard for me because I am an an epic gamer. I am an epic gamer, an and epic I love gamer. to I love to sweat. Yeah, no, I'd rather play C. The problem is, I want to play CS:GO. Like, I would more have more fun playing CS:GO. Yeah, I I do think that CS:GO. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, my problem is like most of these abilities. First of all, everyone has a smoke, like a smoke grenade, basically that might have a slightly different interaction when someone walks in it. But most of the time, I feel like people don't walk in them. Yeah, because they're not going to do that. Um, yeah, there's a, there's quite a few walls. Like it's it's like, uh, like yeah, everyone has like very similar reskinned abilities to each other, so that's kind of lame. And the nice thing about CS:GO is like most of these, you can just buy the grenade you want. You want to run smokes, buy smoke grenades. You want to run fire, yeah. run Molotovs. Uh, you want guns? There's a decently larger variation of guns. Uh, actually, quite a decent. There's a more huge variation of guns. Uh, each, each side has different guns at their disposal for attack and defense, which is interesting. You know, terrorists have, like, the AK-47, but the yeah. counter-terrorists have the M4, so that's interesting. Oh, that's another thing that's kind of weird. Like, there's no, like, real distinction between but, teams. Not, not in really any way. There's no gun differences. I mean, objective, sure. Um, dude, I get thrown off by, like, which abilities are my teammates and which aren't. Because if you have two phoenixes and they both throw a fireball, I, like, oh, that's terrible. Like, I, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because they'll both hurt you. But it it hurts because I don't have intel. I can't be like, oh, he used his fireball because I'm like, wait, did my guy use the fireball? Yeah. Or did he use the fireball? I don't know. Yeah, it's a little confusing. I can't okay. remember what Overwatch did. Um, I, I mean, Overwatch just has outlined colors of everyone that are very, very apparent. Like, you could just straight up make the enemy team yellow, and you can make your guys all blue or whatever. Like, like right, like yeah, like you have like a lot more color. Like most shooters, there's usually color distinctions. But in this, there's, I mean, there is, there is still color distinct. I mean, not really, not to models. They're just all models. They're all the same models walking around. And CS:GO, yeah. they have different skins. The counter terrorists look very, very different from the terrorists. Right. And I guess, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Maybe it would have been more interesting just to have like an entire group of terrorist heroes or like attackers, and then defender ones, and then you change your hero when you switch sides. That might have been more interesting. It would have been harder. You would have put a way more time into it. But yeah, I don't think Riot put much time into this game. I feel like they just copy and pasted a lot of code. Yeah, so. I feel like they did too. I don't know. Especially yeah, since a lot of the code doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, and it takes ages to get. Oh my god, they do that. I don't care. I'm done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's fine. <laughs> you know what yeah. is not fine though, Joey? What? Agents of Shield is still going on, so this is the final really? season. There's a, there's one last season, and then they're done, right? They're they're finished. They're they're gazoop. That's not a word, but I made it. It's a word now. They're donezo. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I thought I realized that. I thought I would tell you because I was so shocked. That's mighty impressive. How many seasons is that? That's a lot of seasons. Oh, seven. 
you just said. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven seasons. I did. Um, really weird. Um, I, you know what? Forget it. Spoilers or whatever. We're neither of us are gonna watch this show. Um, I guess so. You know how Coulson died, and then like he was like brain stuff, and then I don't know. He loses a hand at some point and gets a fake hand. Now I guess the Coulson that they follow is now a life model decoy of him. I don't know if that was like a twist. <laughs> Interesting. But like, what does that show become, man? It's, that show is so detached from everything else. Yeah. Really weird. Really, really strange. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but good news, Joey. Good news. Rick and Morty season six is currently in development. Nice. Because Dan Harmon's like, yeah. yeah. They got they got people working on it or whatever because he was talking about community or whatever, and he was like, he also got people working on that. Uh, I think he was like Alex Rubens or something is back at Rick and Morty writing on season six, so that's confirmation that season six is currently being written, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, also pretty cool skateboards. Skateboards are pretty cool. And today, Joey, they announced Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. It's a game that you can buy, or, well, it comes out September 4th, 2020, and it'll be available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And where you can play the, it's a remaster of the old Tony Hawk games. And by nice. remaster, I mean, it's it's basically just remade. Gotcha. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you look at these old ones, you weren't really getting much out of those. Yeah. So they just basically remade the games. Gotcha. Because it's all but like they kept the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, like also like the maps are like the same and whatnot. Oh, it's okay, all those, cool. All those names and uh, probably more. I never really played them. I don't think I played one and two. I think I played like later games. Maybe I played two. I played two. I might have played two. Um, yeah, they got the original maps, original skaters, and songs from the original soundtrack plus some new features. Such as online multiplayer, Joey. We're going to be the best gamers. We're going to play, so I'm going to do so much we're, skateboards. Oh, yeah. We're going to kickflip and ollie uh, and tray flip and, and, uh, and nollie and no comply and uh, 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 what's some other ones? Grind. I'm going to grind some things. Oh, yeah. We're going to grind everything. Hit, hit him with the fifty-fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Forgot about the fifty-fifty. What? What's the one trick where it's like you flip the board upside down and then you grind out? Oh, I, I don't know what that's called. I feel like um, it's like death or something. Probably isn't it? Isn't tombstone when you lay down on the board? Uh, yes. That's what, so. that's what skate called it and i only really played i mean i played more skate than i did tony hawk i played a lot of a lot of skate two specifically not one not three. Oh, two. was it coffin oh maybe Might it's coffin. coffin that's right that's right coffin my bad it was one of those death things it was one of the yeah death it's, things. it's dead yeah yeah you know skateboarding yeah uh, skateboarding <laughs> death edgy and i <laughs> Um, but I'm actually kind of excited for the game, to be uh, honest. Yeah, honestly, it's. I mean, it, it's. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a good game, and now it's, it's just, just a like, better game. 
I mean, yeah, exactly. And it's like a great game to just like vibe to. You can just oh, sit there and for like a couple hours and just skate. And it's like very not true. putting any work in. I'm just pressing buttons. I don't have to uh, sweat. I don't have to go outside. <laughs> it is $40 to pre-order for the base edition. So that's kind of cool. They're not charging 60 Yeah, that's pretty cheap. It's not bad. And I mean, and like I was saying, like, it's all rebuilt. Like, like, yeah, it's a remaster, but this isn't like they just slapped on some new paint on that thing. I mean, like, like there would have been no way that they could have done that, you know? Right, yeah. It's like, like that, that game had to be rebuilt. Um, Skate is a legendary Tony Hawk. Okay, so I'm going to read the description. Skate is a legendary Tony Hawk in the full pro ros- roster. Skate to songs from the era defining soundtrack, which is, it has to be a good soundtrack. I'm going to look it up in a second. Uh, hit insane trick combos, you know, with the iconic handling of Pro Skater series, all the original game modes, and go head to head with, oh no, with local two player multiplayer. Oh, there you go. And then take your sessions online and against uh, compete against players from around the world. That's right, Joey. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight you, and I'm gonna prove that I am the <laughs> best gamer. I'm the best skater around. And then, of course, they have an upgraded Create a Park and Create a Skater feature. I'll probably have more fun with Create a Park. I don't care about making my own skater, but making the own parks, that can be kind oh, of fun. Oh, I, I dig the Make Your Own Skater. Uh, and yeah. Make Your Own Parks, actually. Yeah. Very exciting. Very cool. Especially since I've already made my own park, because we were technically engineers. In a way, I mean, not technically, not ever employed as engineers. Correct. We went to school as <laughs> engineers, engineering students, and yeah. we, one of one of my projects was making a skate park. Well, I thought, yep, that's pretty cool. Let's look at it the looks Tony. So Hunt. pretty, it's insane. Let's see, Tony Hunk Pro Skater soundtrack. You think there's good songs on it, Joey? Oh, I guarantee. Is it going to be different? No, they said it's the original one. But, I mean, do they have a not original one as well? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It doesn't say they do. Songs. What? Why are you asking so many things? I don't know. The game ain't out. <sighs> what do you want from me? Come on. You gotta have all of them. I, don't, know. I don't really know any of these songs. <laughs> These are all such early 2000s skater songs. And I think it'll only be most of the songs. I don't know if they got the license for all of them. Yeah, I know, like, maybe three of these songs. <laughs> yeah. Actually, listening to them, I think I know the songs by their sound more than their name. Like, uh... Probably. Goldfinger Superman. Um... Yeah, I don't think I knew that song by name, but I listened and I was like, oh, I've heard the beginning of that song many times. So, interesting. Oh. I'm sure that, that will be on there. I've heard the beginning of that song, too. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. We probably know the songs. We just never knew the names of them. Because hmm. that's how it be sometimes. It do. So, that game looks pretty fun. And then they got some last news for you, Joey. The Mandalorian has found a new, uh, a new character. New character. Ooh. Well, not new character, but for the Mandalorian, we got a casting announcement. Um, 
Katie Sack? Sakoff? Sakoff. We're going to go with that. Um, she has been casted to play a character in The Mandalorian. Uh, if, uh, I don't know. You probably don't know the name right up top of your head, but she is the actress who plays uh, Bo-Katan in Star Wars The Clone Wars, which we did mm. just see in the final season. We did. Uh, so uh, she is getting casted in the second season of Mandalorian to play a live-action Bo-Katan. That's ah, right. Nice. She's playing her own character in live-action herself. That's pretty cool. I, I like that. Yeah, I'm surprised they, they're they... doing that with Ahsoka surprisingly look very similar maybe that's the problem with um ahsoka maybe i don't know i mean i I honestly don't know i mean she's an alien i feel like you can make anyone look like ahsoka i mean that's very true (laughs) like i'm actually honestly actually she i think she kind of looks like her yeah a little bit why didn't they pick her Oh, wait, I think she cosplayed as Ahsoka once. And I mean, that's a cosplay, and it works. Imagine if she did it like... Imagine if, like, professionals were doing it. Yeah, like like like, like the full-blown and makeup like, and using camera and, like... And CGI. And yeah, like, like, other stuff added to it. You could make it look amazing. But also, Ashley Eckstein is not as well-known as... I mean, that's true. But I mean, get at it. I mean, I just I think she still could have done it. I'm I'm sure. Um, Probably. Yeah. I'm sure it will still be good. But I think I would have liked to seen that. You know. Yeah, I think so too. I would I would have liked to seen it. But yeah, Bo-Katan is going to be in the Mandalorian season two. They're just putting everyone in Clone Wars. I'm telling you, Joey, Darth Maul is going to be in the in season two. Like you can't. <laughs> this is like come on. Like they're gonna put Bo-Katan. Before they're gonna put uh, Darth Maul, uh, and 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 like yes, that's possible they would do that because Bo-Katan is a Mandalorian. Um, that is true. Uh, hold, on. I'm trying to remember. Cause, but there was the post. The what post? There was a. I thought it was Ray Park. No, maybe not. I swear, I thought he. Yeah, here it is. Ray Park teases his return. So he he tweeted a photo, or not tweeted, he Instagrammed a photo um, with a symbol. What is What symbol is this? Uh, it's, a, it's a Star Wars symbol. It's, hold on. Send it to me. Uh, oh, it's the Sith symbol. Oh. Um, you know, that black and white Sith symbol thing. Yeah. But he he captioned with, this is the way. You know? Wait, who? Ray Park, the guy who plays Darth Maul. Oh. Like, the live-action Darth Maul actor. Uh, Instagrammed the Sith symbol, and then with the caption, this is the way. Like, he's gonna be in The Mandalorian. Season two, like that's not even like. Yeah, it's so on the nose. Sounds like he is. <laughs> yeah, and then we have uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Uh, oh, uh, we're also getting Boba Fett. That was uh, confirmed. Boba Fett oh, will be okay. in season two. 
um, played by uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Tamura Morrison, who, of course, is the New Zealand actor who it was Django Fett, and, you know, they're all clones. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so he is coming back to play as Boba Fett for The Mandalorian. Nice. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, accordingly, um, uh, in the episode... Uh, the gunslinger or whatever. I think that was uh, with uh, Minyan Wen's character, that one bounty hunter with a sniper. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Wait. Uh, she was, it was like uh, Ming. Uh, the character's name was like Fennec Shand or something. The actress was Mingna Wen. Gosh, I can't do names today. Asian names, especially, too difficult. Uh, but she was the one that sniped them, and then. Uh, they thought that he thought he killed her because the it was when the one guy was working with the Mandalorian that tried to backstab him. Mm. He was like kind of like a Weasley little guy. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I was super. About, I'm like, I like. I'm like, I love. I mean, Gwen's great. She's a great actress. She's super cool. I mean, she's Mulan and she's in Agents of Shield, both of which she's a. You know, she just she just kills everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm like, I wanted to see it in in Star Wars, and then. She kind of just dies. Um, but she's coming back as well. Shand is also not dead, and she's a back. And the character at the end of that episode, where we just see a weird shadowy figure approach, and everyone's like, what if it's Boba Fett? According to him, it is Boba Fett. That is confirmed that that was nice. Boba Fett. Well, that was a quick solve. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, and now we got Bo-Katan. Joey, Mandalorian season two is 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 packed. It's packed, man. It really does seem like it is. I'm yeah, like this, like this nobody Mandalorian <laughs> is suddenly surrounded by all of these, all of these huge, huge characters. He's gonna die. I mean, what's he gonna do Probably. against? In a fight between him and Darth Maul and Ahsoka and Bo-Katan uh, and Shand and Boba Fett, uh, yeah, gosh, I want and, and Mandalorian should still be coming out this year. Like, uh, I think all of um, Sakoff filmed all her roles uh, in February uh, before Hollywood got all shut down from COVID. So uh, yeah, October. Gosh, Joey, can't I can't wait till October. I want it now. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm excited. It's gonna be uh, wild. It really will. But there you go, Joey. There's your news for the week. Not bad news. Pretty good news. Pretty yeah. good week. Pretty Very hype good. stuff. Maybe the world isn't as bad as we think it is, Joey. Maybe we won't all die. You know. You can think that. maybe the world won't end or maybe it will who's to say but joey you know what never ends what my love for cinema that is very true um so we watched we watched two movies we watched two of them two whole movies yeah it um were they good movies joey Oh yes, I would definitely say so. Pretty good movies. They're um so so what are what do these movies have in common? They're both set in the West. Uh set in the West, same director. No no not same director. Not not director? No, they don't share anything in terms of cast, writing, or directors. 
Oh, they don't? No. Um... Oh, they don't. I thought that, that was why we were watching these movies. <laughs> no. I have no idea why we watched both of these movies. Well, but they were surprisingly similar. <laughs> well, what I thought was interesting is that they're very similar because they're both kind of set in, like, the West. Um, so you get this kind of cowboy vibe or whatever yeah. from it. Um, but one is set uh, in the early uh, 1900s, while the other one's set in the late 1900s, like in the 80s, while the other one's set in, like, the 20s. Yeah. Uh, the time periods are different, but, like, there's, a, like, well, why are we watching them, right? Why, why did we watch these movies? I mean, they're good movies, you know, but... Have we said the names? Uh, I mean, it's there, it's there Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. Yeah. I don't know if we did it, but oh well. Uh, what's interesting is that these kind of similar-ass movies, not really in plot or anything, but just some overarching themes or settings, uh, they came out in the same year, and so they competed against each other for the Academy Awards. I had talked about this in the past, mm. where No Country for Old Men won Best Picture right. and Best Director, but There Will Be Blood won Best Actor and Best Cinematography and stuff, you know? like Right. They were, they were both very heavy runners. Yeah, like they they battled each other, you know. So yeah. this is in a way this is almost comparing, you know. I guess if we wanted to really do it, we could have just watched more of these movies and I guess we could just start <laughs> reviewing old uh, Oscar time periods. I mean, that's true. But um what's interesting is uh the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford was also came out this same year and it's another western drama mm. epic thing so, so funny enough i guess maybe we could have watched that too and just kind of had a trifecta of you know western movies from western-esque west based s movies or whatever from uh 2007 so i guess we could have we could have i didn't realize this until like today though so right oh well yeah but i just thought it was funny i was like oh I guess it basically 2007 was the time period of the Cowboys. Yeah, um, other sense. other movies that were getting lots of uh, hype at this time was Juno. I've heard a lot about Juno. I've never seen it. Uh, are you familiar with Juno? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. Well, yeah, it's got... Um, I think. Is it Ellen Page? Yeah, it's Ellen Page. It's got Ellen Page and Michael Cera. Is that what that guy's name is? I think that's guy's name. Um... And what it's like Ellen Page playing Juno, she like gets pregnant and so Yeah. It's like a coming of age kind of thing. Yeah. I remember my sister really liked this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, a lot of it, a lot of people like it, but I don't think it's a movie that everyone went out and saw, you know? Yeah. I think I think it you know, it, it caters yeah. different people. Same thing like these other two movies though. I don't think not everyone was seeing cowboys shooting each other. So I mean, I mean Yeah, that's fair. That's why I knew of though, like I knew of that No Country for Old Men, but I did not know of Juno. So, um, I, I, I mean, it won Best Original Screenplay, and it was nominated for Best Picture and Best Actress. Hmm. So big movie, pretty hype, but I've never seen it. Uh, also, there was Michael Clayton, um, which is like a George, it's like a George Clooney movie, uh, like a legal movie. It's about um. 
what is it? Uh, oh, the guy George Clooney plays. He's uh, he's Michael Clay, and he's a a fixer uh, for uh, a law firm. What does that mean? Uh, you know, when you got a problem, he solves that problem. You oh, know? nice. You know, he's the guy that gets things done. Uh, yeah. So he he just he just fixes legal issues or whatever but it's like all like corrupt and stuff you know gotcha um but it's like it's like it's like i guess it's basically michael clay and he does this stuff and um and you know how does he handle the corruption and uh stuff surrounding his law firm and then it gets like sued and then like a colleague has problems and stuff so it's 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 again another like i want to say like a character piece you know i don't I don't know if that's how that that term is supposed to be used. Character piece? Yeah, but like I don't know. I don't know if that's how that's used in movies. I don't know if that's even a phrase that's that's used in movies. Oh, character studies. Never mind. That's that's what I was thinking of. A character study, you know? Yeah, and it's definitely character study. So it's basically just examining Michael Clayton. Like there will be blood, I think. Which I think it threw some people off because we watched this with some buddies of ours. I think what it threw some people off is like this movie's kind of strange, right, in the way it's handled. But I think that's because it's a character study. It's not to tell right. a single linear story. It's to follow a man, right? To study yeah. a man. And so if you don't expect that, sometimes that's weird. And that and they, those type of movies come up a lot in the Oscars because that is it's very true. Fun to look at people. You gotta admit. That fun is, to watch. It, it's very entertaining to see <laughs> just people's trains of thoughts. Yeah. Um, so those are other movies that came out around this time period, but we will be focusing on There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men because they're real good movies, and in my opinion, I think we need to get down to the bottom of did the appropriate movies win their appropriate awards, right? You know? Right. I think we need to have a discussion. You know, did did the correct movie win? Who's to say? We are. That's for we sure. are. We are the deciding factor. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So, No Country for Old Men is a story. Uh, well, I'm gonna. I guess we'll just give quick rundowns. Um, it's a story about a guy, Josh Brolin's character. He goes hunting, finds a drug deal gone bad, takes some money. And so now the the Mexican cartel is looking for him, and a merciless killer by Shigura Shigura is there like there's like a little it's like sugar, but there's a little oomph to it, you know. There's like a little Shigura, yeah, yeah, yeah that little yeah. oomph <laughs> at the end there. Um, yeah, Shigura is like this merciless killer played by uh, Javier Bar- Bardem, um, which Javier his performance says as that character is probably why this movie is so well known. Agreed. Um, and then it has Tommy Lee Jones as Sheriff Ed Tom Bell, uh, who's also kind of like trying to make sense of all of this. That's because he's trying to protect Josh Brolin's character, Moss, uh, Llewellyn Moss, which Llewellyn, that's a fun name to say, especially in a, in a Texas accent. That's very true. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's what that movie is. Uh, there will be blood. Is a um, well, actually, let's go ahead. No country for old men. Another thing that also brings that it gets brought up a lot. It's done by the Coen Brothers. Uh, 
So it's it's part of their repertoire of movies, which you know they also did Fargo and The Big Lebowski, other very big movies. Yes, I think they both did Fargo. Yeah, yeah, they both did Fargo. No Country for Old Men, or no, 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 There Will Be Blood, uh, was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, mm. and stars Daniel Day Lewis as an oil man. <laughs> Yeah, he was a prospector, and then he found some oil, and so he got he got to get him. He's got to get all. He's got to get all the oil, Joey. Wow. Joey Daniel Daniel Day Lewis. He needs all the oil, and he, he needs all the milkshakes. Anyone? <laughs> yes, he really likes his milkshakes too. <laughs> Loves them milkshakes. Uh, and then the supporting actor was uh Paul Paul Dano. We're gonna say. Uh, who plays, uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of got two roles, but from what I heard, uh, the reason that he ends up playing Eli, the, uh, the, was it like a, like a pastor? Yeah. Um, is because I guess they just decided to make it like, it was very much last minute decision or something. Like he was expecting to only play Paul for a short period of time. And then that was it. That was used to be a very small role and it was whatever. And then they're like, Hey, you want to play Eli too? We're just, we're just going to write him as twins. It don't matter. And he's like, Oh, okay. And then, so he went from having like that little scene to being in most of the movie, <laughs> and having to act, you know, opposite of one of the greatest actors of all time, Daniel Day Lewis. And he does a pretty good job. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he, he I think he, he, he does a really good job. <coughs> oh, interesting enough, Paul Dano. He actually recently made his directorial debut with the movie Wildlife, which uh, has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Huh. And it's very well rated. Good job. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty neat. <laughs> um, yeah, so very different movies, um, but they're both set in the West, so that's always fun to talk about. Uh, there Will Be Blood is technically Southern California, but it's still Cowboys. While No Country for Old Men, I believe, is in, it's in Texas. Texas. Uh, yeah, so, the, so these are both known as some of the most amazing movies ever, right? So I don't know. Do you want to just talk about one and then the other, Joey, and then we'll try to see who would who should win the awards? Is that what uh, would you like? To yeah, hit yeah. That way? All right. Which one do you want to hit first? Uh, No Country for Old Men. Alrighty. Good old, good old No Country for Old Men. Um, what were your thoughts, Joey? I have seen this movie twice. I saw it first like five years ago. Then I saw it just recently when you watched it. So, so what did you think? What did you think? I, I thought... Guess, like, actually, had quick thought. Yeah. Spoilers, everyone. These are kind of older movies, but they're also very famous, so you should have seen them. Too bad. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, go <laughs> on. Um, I thought that this was a very well-made movie. Um, I thought the acting was very impressive especially from anton yeah um because he like he plays like a crazy character it's very obvious because he loves to kill they like immediately (laughs) they does yeah they immediately say that and like in the first like five minutes he kills a sheriff's officer and it's like oh and also he does not hold back at all. He is like strangling no, this man to death. He really doesn't. 
And then he hits him with the old cattle bolt gun. Oh, yeah. I I thought that that was probably the coolest thing about his character. Yeah. Like, if, if a killer has, like, a really weird way to kill someone and, like, continuously, like, you see it, I think it it really brings light to how crazy they are. Well, because that's the thing, Joey. I, uh, you don't work on any farms or anything, but if you ever work for a cattle farm and you have to kill cows using a bolt gun, you're going to think you're Anton every time. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, you'll never forget it. Anytime you see one of those devices, you will oh, yeah. always think Guaranteed. of this movie. Um, so, yeah, I liked, I liked him a lot. I, I think with this movie, it was weird with how the relationships of the characters worked. Because it's like everyone kind of knew of all the other characters, but never had like any real relations. So it's kind of like you're following three different main characters. Yeah, so so there's a lot there's a lot to go in the movie. There's there's a lot there's a lot of debate, and I would say so because we watched this with a bunch of buddies. I would say more people probably enjoyed at least from my when I got from everyone's opinion the way they spoke was they enjoyed there will be blood maybe more than No Country for Old Men. Uh, yes, yeah, I think I so, but because I think No Country for Old Men is is it's way different. Yeah, it's a very odd movie um because i think what i think what what most people would agree upon i don't now this is most by a certain majority i don't like i'm not saying like 90 percent or anything but i would say the majority um is that tommy lee jones uh character uh the sheriff sheriff um gosh what's his name uh ed tom bell Bell, yeah, Sheriff Bell. Um, he's actually the main character. He's he's in a way the main the main character of the story. Okay, but he's not the leading actor. Right. I like that. I could make sense. Like, so you know, it's like like it's no country for old men. He's the old man. Right. And everything is supposed to be played off his perspective. Right, is is basically the premise. Uh, I can I can agree with that. That makes that makes yeah. sense. Because because like he's also the observer to everything, right? Like right, he doesn't actually, he's never in really any scene. He only witnesses everything um, from the outside, like the audience, and probably the biggest turning not not the biggest, but probably one of the shocking. It was the most shocking to me uh, moments in the film when you find out Josh Brolin's character died. You find out the same time the sheriff does through his eyes. Right. Yeah. I'm not Which trying to be all really fancy, weird because, like, but, almost the entire time you're following Josh Brolin. <laughs> yeah. Like, but then you just kill him off screen and like nothing matters. Yeah. Because and I think it's... That, yeah, I think that's the thing. Though. Like, Josh Brolin was never supposed to be the person we were supposed to put our ourselves in. Like, we weren't supposed to put ourselves in his shoes. That was never the intended purpose. I I, I think is what what happened there, um, but it's weird. I mean, I think that threw a lot of people off. It threw me off the first time when I, when Josh yeah. Brolin was just dead. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was 
very confusing. Yeah, like like I've had a lot of time to digest this movie, and I've seen it a second time now. So obviously, but it, it it's weird how like it's not like direct about it. I don't think anything in the movie is direct. Not one thing in the yeah, movie is really that direct. I mean that that's that's very very true. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, it's just the Cohen and Conan brothers make some strange films sometimes. I mean, think of the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, while yes, the big, the dude is probably is the main character. I think I think there's no right. doubt about that. Yeah, uh, it's a weirdly paced movie. It is. Um, no Country for Old Men. I don't think is as weirdly paced. Um, what did you think? Okay, so so after Josh Brolin dies, we're gonna call the everything after that the ending, I guess, is what we're gonna call it, right? Because that's, that's kind of like the yeah. conclusion of the whole thing, the epilogue almost. Um, how did you feel about that ending? You know, like like taking out the fact that Josh Brolin's dead, like 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 when you think of that ending, what do you feel? Like like what was what were um, you thinking while it was happening? <laughs> It seemed slow. Okay, so see, see, that's what I think. A lot of people say it's slower. Even supposedly I said it. I'm not doubting I didn't. I'm just curious if other... Because a lot of people seem to say this. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say, yeah, I would argue even I do at some point. Because I don't know if it's slower, though. I mean, I'd, I'd, I can agree with that. I don't think that it's, like, actually slower. But I think... A lot of people the, perceive it as lower. I did as well. Like, yeah, like it, 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 I, I think mainly it's because like throughout the entire movie, it's like a chase. It's I think like it's there's less, always something happening. Yeah, like everyone less, is trying to get after the other person, and like you always feel that kind of pressure from the characters. Like, oh, am I about to be caught? Like, I, I like the entire time, Josh Brolin like never sleeps because yeah. he's constantly being hunt, being hunted. Um. Yeah. Um. I don't think that it's that it's slower at the end. I, there's the tension's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tommy, I think Tommy Lee Jones is like, oh, okay, well, that's I it. Mean, like it's you're done. Like you can't I, do anything. I didn't the catch situ- anyone. Uh, the situation okay. has ended. Yeah. You know. Um. But like any movie, I mean, like, like why? Like, isn't most endings slow though? Um. I think there's slow but there's usually like a conclusion of multiple characters and it's like oh yeah that's interesting uh, yeah i actually see what you're going for that yeah okay because like i guess maybe that's it because people because that's the thing it does what normal movies do there's tension built up throughout the movie the conclusion doesn't have that tension though because it's been released right by you know whatever sort of uh catalyst at the end causes the whole conflict to stop that's it the tension's over like that's how almost every story works really right so i'm like why do people have issues with this ending and i think i think you brought up a great point there's no character wrap-ups right nothing's changed josh brolin died okay <laughs> his wife is 99 dead probably like 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 yeah you know, possibility of being dead um She's explicitly killed in the book. Um, uh, be, be, because, fun fact, uh, the dude tried to turn this into a movie. Let me, let me get his name. I shouldn't just call him some dude. That's very disrespectful. Um, uh, Cormac McCarthy's, uh, or McCarthy. Um, 
he wrote it. So he originally wrote it as a screenplay. Uh, didn't happen. Uh, he wrote. He turned it into a novel. And then they were like, "Hey, let's make that into a movie." And <laughs> so, um, the 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 movie is very very similar. Like, right? Because obviously, I mean, it was it was it was a screenplay originally. Like, it was it was so easy to adapt into the movie because I mean that's what he intended. Um, the Conan brothers just give it this feel to it, you know. Um, but the but the ending there with the the wife is a little different. Um, she's explicitly killed. Uh, he flips the coin. She calls tails. It's heads, and he kills her. Uh, in the movie, she doesn't call anything. I believe he still kills her, probably for not going along with whatever rules he has dictated in the in his universe, in his brain. But uh, um, but sorry, going back to what you said. Yeah, I mean, and then the cop just retires because he's. Because he's old. <laughs> I mean, because I mean that, that's the thing. Like, like, why is it called No Country for Old Men? Like, Tommy Lee Jones must be the old man. And because right. he explicitly states that he doesn't feel like he belongs in this world anymore. Like, he's like, because it's all crazy. He's like, look how crazy. Like, like this yeah, man's so like, not, killing Nothing everywhere. really makes any sense. And then there was no payoff. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm sure most people agree. Like, there was no payoff of anything. So then you're yeah, like, Especially since Anton, he literally just walks away. Yeah, and like, and that's the thing. Like, he gets in the car accident, and what happens? He gets up and he he just walks <laughs> off. He survived. Yeah. Like, like the killer. Like, not only does he not die in that situation, though he deserves it. Right. He he, still he gets, gets off, up. like completely free. Yeah. And like, I yeah, like I I think. I would say, but I think most audience members actually do feel what Tommy Lee Jones's character feels in the movie. Yeah. Like, this makes no sense. Like, you can't have that. Right. Like, like maybe not explicitly, but I think underneath, I think you're right. There's the lack of payoff really hits him. That's, I'm like, that's, yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought it was so interesting. So I'm like, man, I'm like, they're... Like they enjoy it, they're like oh, it's cool that he shoots people. But I'm like, no, there's more to it than that. Like, yeah, like I just thought that. Well, and at least you, at least you brained it out. Like, at least you're willing to pick it apart with your brain, Joey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, makes her good. Um, so yeah, so that, that that I mean, I don't think there's I don't know there's too much more to say. I mean, we can just comment on fun things. Uh, his shotgun's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's insane. It makes such a fun noise. It really does. Um, what else did I like? Um, the the coin flipping scene, the first one. Oh, that was. <laughs> it's such a good scene. It makes no really, sense. Really, it it makes zero sense. Um, and and it's... like the the way that Anton like perceived himself through that entire situation. It was, like, so uncomfortable, and, like, <laughs> you could, like, feel for the old man. Who's just I like, uh, I kind of closed down. Uh, that old man was that. such a good actor. <laughs> so oh, good. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I feel like that would be, like, anyone's reaction to someone acting that way. Oh, I mean, I agree 100%. Like, it was so good. Like, just pure confusion like <laughs> gosh i love that yeah <laughs> what time do you close uh when we close uh no that's not a time <laughs> well, <you> know, <laughs> we close now uh that now is not time 
<laughs> it's just so good. Like seriously, like if you guys have not seen the movie, seriously check it out. Like even if you don't want to pick yeah. it apart with your brain, at least the first seventy five percent. Yeah, watch watch the go. the coin flip part. I mean, at least just watch that. And then you will want to watch the rest of the movie. Totally. I guarantee it. Um, also, Woody Harrelson's in the movie. That is for, true. As a for... very very side character, but I really liked it. He was fun. <laughs> he was. He's he like was... a. He was a day trading hitman, um, which is interesting because I think he was still an actual day trader, besides being a hitman. Yeah, I don't think he lied. I don't think he lied about that. Um, but yeah, he's he's a cowboy man. <laughs> he's a rich cowboy. He's one of those super rich Texas guys with the fully white suit and the big white hat. Yeah, it's a great outfit. But Woody Harrelson's just great. He has good charisma. He he does. He does indeed. His, his scenes were fun. The way he played off all the big characters, I enjoyed that a lot. Not much to really say about it. Just it sure was fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, there, that's about it. Yeah, that was. I think that was a good, good talk about it. I, I give the movie a a solid ten out of ten. Like I, I've really grown to look at movies more than what I was originally perceiving them as, especially I would say in the last year. Um. Where just because a movie doesn't fit your perception or necessarily you like just get like, like, let's say like I didn't, I don't, I don't know if I fully enjoy the ending. Okay. I'll be real. Right. I don't know if I, it's like, like you said, I don't, I don't know. It it doesn't pay off. It's weird. Right. That doesn't make it bad though. I'm starting to like things that make me feel weird. Yeah. (laughs) It's intentionally done. Yeah, I think I think, I think you're right. Way. Like, I think you're right. That that's it, the important fact. Yeah, every, everyone knows like what's supposed to happen is the good guy catches the bad guy and they all ride off on a horse. And yeah, I mean again, go. like a western in a real yeah, western, exactly. rolling with a pew and shot. Pew, okay, uh, he's dead. Good job. Save saves. Uh, Saves Josh his, Brolin <laughs> saves his money. Uh, his everything is illegal. Good. Money. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's very good. Yeah, I still, I still think it's super good. So I give it a, a nice ten. What do you give it, Joey? I feel like I have to give it a ten. You don't have to, Joey. You can give it whatever you want, man. It's your I opinion. Mean, like a lot of people don't give it necessarily a ten out of yeah. ten. I, I'm just gonna give it a, a nine point five because like, that's like fine. from from a critical standpoint, like perfect ten. From an enjoyable standpoint, probably like a nine. And that's what's important, Joey. We don't care about what critically thinking. We want to know what you're thinking. Um, and I, and, I, and I agree. I see it. Like like the ending. I, I mean, it, it's really hard to like choose one or the other. So, I, I, I mean, that's kind I, of what I like to do. I like to give like, I, two ratings and then the in-between. I, I agree. I like to split them together. Uh, I, I kind of just combine them in my head um, because my enjoyment is starting to slowly become... That's fair. That's fair. Line. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's still things I disagree with, disagree with strongly. Um, a one that critics really liked was like The Last Jedi. I genuinely don't think it's that fancy of a film. I think I think tone and pacing is really off in scenes, and I think yeah. I think it's really like you're not bad. Like I'm a bit, I'm not one of those weird Star Wars fans that hates it for no reason. Rise of Skywalker, one of the worst Star Wars movies ever, 
but <laughs> I thought it was just fine. Like it was really weird. Yeah. And it, just whatever. Um, so I still take my own personal considerations, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, 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 ha- I don't really have much problems with it, um, which I don't think always necessarily equals a 10 out of 10, but also I don't think, I think, I think it's just really good. So, but I think, I think a nine is still a very, very ex- acceptable score, like, like a earned score. Because mm-hmm. uh, that ending is weird, and I think yeah. I think that throws that throws it for a loop. Yeah, you know, the, end, sure. the ending is is the decision maker. There. So that's that's totally fine. Good, I completely, completely. I think it's a good thought out review, and that's what's important. We don't want any. I'm gonna hate on Star Wars fans because for some reason Star Wars fans are so zero to a hundred on what side of the fence they sit on, and they're never critically thought out sometimes, and it bugs me so bad. That's like that's fair. I will admit, that... I'm not even critical. Like like they're just not. They don't seem to be thought like, oh that was I that was I like that. And I'm like, well, why did you like it? Like I just I like it. And I'm like, come on, you can't give me anything. I mean, like, yeah, it, with Star Wars movies, it is kind of difficult because, like, for a lot of us, it, we were just raised on it. That's yeah. Like they, they, it's like their default. Like like they're just yeah. Like it's like a default, uh, and it's I'm like, like Come on. an okay Star Wars movie. Yeah, that was amazing. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't just and at least if you're gonna do that. Admit you do it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I fully admit that I do exactly, that. and that's cool because then you're like, oh, because it's like child. Like, look, but that's the thing though. You're not hiding anything. Like, like you're giving yeah. a review. You're like, oh, why do you enjoy it? Oh, because I like like I grew up on it. Like I yeah. I say I enjoyed the first Alien versus Predator movie. It's not a good movie. Critically <laughs> yeah. at all, but I love that movie as a kid, and it's a fun action movie. So I'll, I'll give it way more points than it should ever deserve. Um, so and, and like, I usually with like bad Star Wars movies, it's usually like, well, that's not what I expected or what I wanted. Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Very and like and like that. I mean, fine. Like if you're gonna admit it, at least. At least say that's what it is, you know. Yeah. Don't try to make up some fake excuses. Just be, just be real. Maybe that's all I'm saying. This is a weird, random, random half life lesson. <laughs> in Star Wars. Just, just be real with people, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I don't care what you, what your opinion. Like, it's not like I don't care what your opinion is. I accept anyone can have any opinion, and I, and right. I will find it interesting and fascinating. I'll love to listen if you will tell me why it is and be real with me, you know. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. There we go. Random rant over, you know? Random rant. In between. Next movie, Joey. There will be blood. There will be blood. Boom. Oil Man. Daniel Day-Lewis. I am Daniel Plainfield, and I have 5,000 drills pumping 1,000 barrels a day, so I like to think of myself as an oil man. Honestly? Not a very good... Uh, no, that has a really bad race. <laughs> 5,000 pumps pumping 1,000. That was really bad. I kind of want to work on an impression of this character. It's so much fun. I'm not very I mean, good at that's, it. That's pretty close to how he sounds throughout the entire movie. He just kind of talks. I, I won't lie. I've been kind of working on it in my <laughs> spare time. Well, I like it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun, it yeah, fun it's, voice. It's fun to just talk like a 
old oh. Western man. It really um, is. You ever, you ever talking big speak, Joey? I can't really do big speak talking, sadly, at the moment. Like the old uh, what... the Atlantic. Um, it's like in the old. It's, I think it's called the Atlantic accent. It's an accent that never really existed, uh, regionally speaking. <laughs> But it's that whole like, hey kiddo, you wanna you gonna get you gonna get you famous or whatever, like from like the forties or whatever. Like the really loud guy that would always try to announce things all the time and try to sell people stuff. Mm. It was very posh I and high class. If you listened, you'd get it. it. I'm not doing it justice, not in a long shot, but besides the point. That that is what that is. Hmm. So yeah. Uh there will be blood. Um Plot-wise, this movie's much more straightforward. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's also very linear. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It, it, it's straightforward. You get what's happening. It is linear, like you said. You, but it, it is more of a character study. Yeah. So t- yeah. time is played with a bit. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, you're just kind of watching a guy. And so um, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this. I mean, I know you've, you've seen other character studies as well. I have as well. And I just can't quite put my finger on one to name off the top of my head. but um, what I found interesting about them is that sometimes you just have characters that um, interact with, but are never re- like like they're so small. Like, it, I guess percentage I'm saying is like the main actor has such a huge percentage of the movie. Like, I don't like how many how much footage do you think there is in the movie that isn't Daniel Day Lewis? That is not. Yeah, it's got to be like, what, five minutes? Seven yeah, minutes? I can't remember an instance where I, he was not there. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like that's got to be one of the, you know, leading things where you're like, okay, character study movie. I don't know why I'm going so film school here. I've never even been to film school. I'm just having fun with this. But <laughs> um, I thought that was interesting because, like, that means that every other supporting character is in so much less time. Right. Yeah. Anton is technically, I think, the supporting actor in No Country for Old Men, but he's in it quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, But in this, it's only Daniel Day Lewis all the time. Yeah. Uh, So I'm just pointing out very different movie uh, in terms of structure, but it works. Uh, It it obviously works for the intended purpose um before we get into it though quick fun fact it's kind of loose based and maybe not really but yeah technically yeah uh on the novel oil with an exclamation point very important you get that by upton sinclair are you familiar with that name joey sinclair sounds very familiar it, it sounded very familiar to me too and i'm like oh i know he made a big book a very popular book what was it he made the muckraking book, The Jungle. Remember the jungle from all our history classes or whatever? Oh, That I exposed the, la- the labor conditions and meat packaging and stuff like that? Yeah, it's that, it's this, it's that dude. He wrote the book. That It's a loose, it's a loose base. Um, I kind of looked into the book. I think there was like a few instances that kind of matched, but it, I think it was more like the idea of the book, right? It was like the right, idea yeah. of oil and capitalism, I think, is is closer to what the the purpose was um i just thought that, I just thought that was a fun fact because <laughs> huh. that's a fun fact right there he's written a lot of books i mean he was a writer a very famous true. one um yeah so uh 
I don't know. I'm gonna let you take it away, Joe. You did you did very very much better than me in 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 controlling the in the last review. So hit hit me with hit me with your thoughts on there will be blood. So I mean, for personal preference, um, I liked this movie a little bit more, just like with the way that they made it, focusing on a single character and it okay. being very linear. Because uh, okay, I yeah. think it's a lot easier to digest quickly. Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, you you might need to watch No Country for Old Men again, to be honest. I mean, probably. I, I feel like I probably should have for the podcast. I mean, no, that's fine. I mean, I, um, it took me five years to watch it again. So, Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I, I think the idea of, like, focusing on a single character and watching his development through life. Cause I mean, that's, that's what happens. We see him as a uh, prospector in like the caves and like his first time he discovered oil to his like taking up of uh, HW and then so on and so forth throughout his like career as an oil man. Um, and like the direct decisions that he makes that make him very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like when when he sends away HW because like he became deaf through an oil explosion. Um and like just talking to like a business associate and like just him saying simple things like you you can take care of your boy and like hang out with him if if you take this deal and um yeah like he 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 just so incredibly overreacts to so many things he really does he's a crazy man like he he threatens to kill that man for Daniel <laughs> for is one to hang out with his son. crazy man in this movie yeah. also he plays a character named Daniel so I mean that is true. Um, I would um, say my favorite uh, supporting actor, though, is definitely um, not Paul. Uh, Eli. Eli, Eli yeah. Sunday. I know you got to make sure you remember which one. Yeah, Eli is. Yeah, yeah, he's the pastor one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a lot of fun because, like, at the beginning you like hate Eli, and then you kind of. Feel for Eli towards the yeah, end. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna. I was about to ask you about that. I don't know what my opinion of Eli is. I don't think I like really anyone in this movie besides HW and Mary. To be yeah, honest. I, okay, another thing with HW, it's a super weird interaction. Like the entire time, I feel like yeah. In the beginning of the movie, he doesn't say much of anything. Yeah. And then in the middle of the movie, he becomes deaf and can't say much of anything. And then at the end of the movie, he starts talking to his father. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just really weird because like in almost every scene, he is either being talked about or he is there. Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't really say much of anything except for with Mary, who he obviously marries. Um, but yeah. It's interesting. Um, 
I wonder if, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, 100% agree. It, it, it is an interesting dynamic. And, and I, I mean, I don't know, like, like, what is it? Because here's the thing. The thing with the character study, of course, is everything you see in the movie, what does it say about the character? You know, we don't care about a plot. I mean, like, because really, I mean, what does the plot serve for to tell us about the character? Right. So with HW and him, the way he raises him. So he seems to be kind of distant. Again, though, this is set in like the early 1900s, like literally like what, 1911? 1920 oh no because 1927 is when i think the end of the movie happens so it was in 1911 is when the majority of the movie happens right yeah so uh, obviously feeling you know social trends at the time you know of course men are slightly more distant to uh what that sort of emotional connection i guess you could say maybe that's a stereotype but i don't think so i think that's pretty well just decided that the you know, during those time periods, it was more like the father was always a very sh- more strict, stoic, right. you know, working man. And obviously the mother was, you know, that obviously there is no mother. So like, what do you, you know, how, how did, how does that change life? You know, that, that could just mm-hmm. be a slight product of the environment. But either way, I think it is safe to assume that Daniel is probably not the most, well, again, I, I can't say that for certain, but like, I guess I'm just going to ask the question instead of saying any statements. How close is he to HW? I, so I think he's like very close with HW, but he tries to avoid it most of the time. Like he, he very obviously cares about his child. Yes. Okay. I, I, I can agree with you. There. It is perceived that he cares about the child. Right. Yes. It is perceived. I, I have a question of why does he care about the child, but that, that's a whole, that's a beside, that's another question that I want to break down later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Yes, he, he cares about the child, uh, about HW. Why? No, but I, I agree with you there. Because, I mean, when he becomes deaf and, like, he holds him, it, I mean, he's holding him, and I'm like, oh, that's very sweet. Oh, he's, he's, he's holding him. The kid's probably still scared and, like, upset because he can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. It it it's it's like the same sort of back and f- like 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 the volatile nature of Daniel Plainview, where he seems all kind and everything, and then he just screams at HW because like he's humming and stuff, and he's not very compassionate, right, towards that situation. So it's weird. It's like there's instances where you're like, oh, he he's he's a caring father and whatnot, and then there's other instances where he's super stern and the whole almost could be perceived as heartless and uh, yeah. it's like a weird back and forth i feel like between them but i mean that's daniel dave Plainview, of course in the entire movie he's like he's he's zero to 100 all the time yeah pretty much uh, uh, probably I, I, it increases with the movie yes for sure i think the way that he goes about his relationship with hw is instead of trying to be a father figure he's more of like a partner like they they even say in the movie that they're partners in the oil business yeah and i mean hw makes comments later he's like you never felt like my dad fully right exactly like a partner so yeah i guess that makes sense that and i mean yeah it, it it also makes sense like you would care for someone who's like so close to you in like a business setting yeah 
I mean, not like. I mean, with this, it's very different because they are related. But it's like in real life, you'd probably make friends with a business associate if you guys had something in common. Yeah. I mean, Joey, you could argue it's us. I mean, yeah, it. I I would agree. <laughs> yeah, like if you were deaf, I would feel very bad about it. Now, would I scream behind your back that you're being very annoying if you were doing something very annoying? I mean, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably would. I'm not going to lie. I'd probably do that. I mean, I've yelled at anybody and everybody when they do something annoying. So, yeah. again, I'd be real with people. That's true. And, <laughs> so, uh... I mean, it makes sense, yeah. Like, obviously, but you can't do that with a kid. That's the thing, though. You can't do that with a kid. On this footing, we're, we're, we're equal footing people, you know? Right. Like, I mean, if you got annoyed by something, you could just get up and walk away. True. But what does HW do? He's just a kid. He needs yeah, to he, learn life. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just has to sit there and go through it all. You know, like, it's... It, but but like you said, they treat it like a partner, like a like a business partnership. But that's not really how it works. Because in a business partnership, both people are in equal footing. Usually, um, you know, they have equal like like what would you call it? Like they don't have anything holding them down. Influence. You know? Oh yeah, yes, influence. That's that's usually true. But like the sort of like self. Um, try, I'm trying to. There's a phrase for it, like um, self, like like the ability to operate on your own, whatever that phrase is called, uh, like independent, like 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 a, like like okay. the feeling of independent. Like HW is not yeah. independent; he has to be dependent. He is a child, right? Like that's just how that works. Like there's nothing wrong. Like that that is it's the way it works. So you can't if 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 one partner is dependent on the other partner, it is in a in a logical sense probably inherently going to be that the independent partner or like the independent person who has the dependent can and arguing human nature will abuse the dependent right you know like that plays off the person but i think i think you see in this movie that daniel Planview, he i mean i mean is he afraid of a little you know a little being a little rude you know, I don't know. He he's kind of a rude dude sometimes. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, um, but I, I I would like to go into how his rudeness <laughs> caters into Eli. Um, I mean, with Eli, it's kind of a weird situation because it's like there's an expectation of trust, but. <laughs> yes for um, an abuse of personal power yeah yeah okay like, so it's, Eli's it's... influence is through oh. like his congregation like the, the only way that uh daniel plainview can really be there is if the majority of people are okay with it yeah so wait so oh so is that is that why daniel hates eli so much is because eli has too much power so yes. daniel sees them as a threat oh see i i didn't get that the i've, I've seen the movie twice now and i didn't fully pick up on that that makes sense because at first i'm like oh he's just annoying and he's trying mm -hmm. to take some money out of him but that's but he's given well, plenty of money to people he 
admits that he doesn't like to see other people succeed. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember Uh, that conversation. And seeing Eli kind of thrive off of what he is doing. Like, Eli is getting people from that he is hiring, that he is bringing out to this land to, like, drill oil for him. And Eli is coming to his, like, place that he's drilling and talking to people and trying to get them to come to his congregation. Um, yeah, that's it. Like, I, I remember it when Plain, Plainview was like, oh, you know, I don't want to see people succeed. And, like, I, I, I saw some connection with Eli. But I never, like, I feel like but that, that mindset that he had was never, I think it grew. I think Daniel Plainview in the, the beginning of the movie is a perfectly fine man. Yes, I, I agree with that. I don't think he was necessarily crazy. I don't think he, he would just blow up on people at any moment. You know, I don't, I don't think he really ever did those things to people. Yeah, he, he had some form of self-control. Yeah. Um, I do. Th- time. I think it was the money and, and power and, you know, it got to him, you know? Um... Because after he gets the oil once, you know, and probably made some money, he probably goes gets more things. He got to keep going bigger and bigger. Then there's all these other businessmen that he has to compete with. And so then he starts comparing himself to some degree, whether it be financially. Uh, I mean, really only financially, honestly. Um, better and better. Because, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Because, like, I mean, he... What if he never went to the Sundays? Because, like, would he have gone to the Sundays if, if Stan, Standard Oil was buying it up? Right? Or does he see as a competitor trying to buy up areas? And he's like, well, I'm going to do it. Because, I mean, th- that's, a, that's a pretty common businessman right. outlook, right? Like, I think, I think I, at least, see the movie as a study of a character who uh, succumbs to the worst natures that a uber capitalistic like uh, businessman um, puts himself through, you know, or or right. the the environment he puts himself into. Yeah, I, I that's what I see it as. I think that's interesting because I I kind of saw it more as like loneliness. Okay, okay, because. In all of his relationships, there are always, like, business relationships. Even with his son, like, that he's supposedly raising. It's like, and, and like, throughout the movie, as time goes on, you kind of see him not really see these people as people. He sees them as things that he can, like, abuse and get things out of. Yeah. Yeah, I... and and when it comes to the end of the movie, when he's talking to his son, he is like so enraged that his son is leaving him and going to start his own business that he like yells at him and tell him that he's a bastard and like says that now he is his competition. I feel like in a normal relationship with another human being you would be like okay that's fine like 
I I have raised you. I understand that you want to go out and do things on your own with your wife and like be your own person. But instead, he's like, nah, 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 nah. This is not allowed. Like, so yeah, that's that's how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I I I think loneliness played a part, but I always I I just think it's more that uh, loneliness was also a byproduct of the business world that he put himself yeah, in. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Eli on the... Okay, so I don't even know what to say about Eli. Is Eli... Is he a good person? Or was... Like, like was it all a ploy of power? Like, does he actually care about any of the stuff he so-called preaches or anything? I... Because near the end, like especially at the end of the movie, when he comes back to Daniel's place and he's like, I'm a radio preacher. And then he and then he starts talking about how he's in financial problems and everything. And, and he's done terrible things or whatnot. I'm like, what do you, I don't know. Or maybe it's the same story. Maybe maybe Eli is a similar man to Daniel. Ooh, he kind of is. Yeah, like, like he, sure, he wanted a church. And then there was a lot of people at the church, and they really liked him. So then he got to go get more people. And then he gets more money, too. And and yeah. you know, like like you know, just and like, like he's becoming a more successful individual. Yeah, and that could also be why Daniel Plainview didn't like him. Ooh, because if there's one thing you hate, it's you hate yourself the most. Exactly. Ooh, so deep. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah. I I think with Eli's character, I think he was genuine in his like desire to do that, like become a pastor okay. and like that stuff. I think his action yeah, his actions that he took kind of seemed more abusive of his power. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, no, I agree. Yeah, Daniel did the same thing. Uh, yes, we're certain. Yep, that's it. We figured yeah. it out. They're the yeah, same, they, man. They're the same. Boom. I've never seen anyone come up with that. We are so big brain. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, good analysis. Uh, overall scenes of the movie that are pretty good. Uh, the ending, the ending ridicule of Eli. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> Drink. That was great. I, I drink it. I, I you have a milkshake. I have a milkshake, and I have a straw. And my straw goes all the way over here. <laughs> so and fun! I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I love. He's so angry. Like, like, what do I do? I, I, I drink your milkshake. Um, which it's, it's ridiculous, but I mean, what is he saying? He's saying, even if you have things, I have power over everything. It's all mine. Exactly. Uh, he has to have the most power in the room. He's got a power yeah. problem there, Mr. Daniel. Please stop it. It's very rude. Please. Oh, the fire scene, dude, when the thing goes up in flames. Oh, yeah. The I was thought it called? It wasn't a was drill. Cool. It wasn't technically a drill. There was a different name. It started with a D, but whatever. That was crazy. I don't know how they pulled that off. 
That's yeah. a massive fire. That's a real uh, fire. They really set something on fire there. Yeah, for quite a while. <laughs> like, oh boy, that was a that was a cool scene. That was a cool scene, and I thought that that was very interesting. How, like, they had his reaction to it. Yeah, like it's, especially with uh, what was his like, not partner, but like buddy. Oh, I mean, he, he, yeah, the but guy who worked with him. It's like uh, Fletcher. Yeah, Fletcher. Uh, yeah, like Fletcher is standing there, like all bummed out, and he's like, "What are you talking about? Look at how much is burning. There's like a gold mine underneath us." Yeah, and then Fletcher's like, <laughs> "Oh." <laughs> oh, then, then he's also like, "Though he's like, how's H W? Is H W all right?" And he's like, "No." Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> like, like there's like, no, no, he isn't. Yeah, that also kind of showed how. It's all about the money. In, yeah, in enthralled with his business and success, he was compared to an actual relationship with someone close. Yeah, to him. Yeah. Huh. All right, Joey. So we're only going to talk about these two movies because we only saw these two movies from this Oscar year. Who should have won? Best. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's, what's your rating for this one? Oh, that's right, that's right. My rating, again, I give another 10 out of 10 for this one. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking like a 10. Yeah? I thought, I I thought that it was great. very, very enjoyable. Spoiler alert, Daniel Day-Lewis is a great actor. <laughs> that is very true. And when you have an entire character study based around the character that Daniel Day-Lewis is playing... It's probably pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I remembered uh, the most recent character study we probably watched was the Joker. Oh, yeah. That's that's technically a little character study there of a crazy man. All right, Joey, who should have won Best Picture of that year? The 80th? I think it was the 80th Academy Awards. Oh, just so you know, these tied in nominations, too. These two movies. Oh, really? They both got eight. I'm pretty sure in all the same things, but interesting. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. Picture. Like, it might be partially in my head, and it might be you know just yeah, a slight thing in my head that's uh, that, that's fun to think about. Um, I like to pit them up against each other, like they're two rivals. You know, it's like putting Iron Man and Captain America against each other. That's, yeah. that's like that's how I like to imagine it because they're also like produced by the same company, Miramax Max or whatever. Oh, that's so, funny. yeah. So yeah, uh, Joey, best picture. Who would you have given it to? No Country for Old Men, probably. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, best picture is like a a literature bro- book. Like if yeah, that's some, something true. that you're supposed to like dissect very thoroughly and i mean i enjoyed dissecting that that was like a fun that, that was fun and interesting like, and very like, different the character studies are also full of analyzing of a character and dissecting of them that's true but at least with no country for old men you're dissecting three characters compared to one interesting okay okay you're a bit of a quantity man over here and Bit of a I quantity mean, man. They they might not show as much like character development or like I mean they're kind of flat characters, 
because they don't they're they're static characters. Yeah, static. Um well Daniel is not at all. Right. <laughs> not in not in a million years. Um but, I mean, movie overall, I would say, uh, No Country for Old Men. How about you? Um, I'm really, I'm really eating this with my brain here, man. Yeah. We should not have started with the toughest one. Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I have to give it, I have to give it to There Will Be Blood, I think. Hmm. I think... I think the digesting of Daniel Plainview yeah. is, uh, it's like a nice steak, a nice marbled steak, so it's got a lot of fat to it. There's a lot to digest there. It's really, really good, you know? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, no Country for Old Men is a pretty solid steak, but it doesn't have that same marbly fatness to it. Well, mm. I do think there's analysis, I don't... It's like it looked marbly on the out, like when you first glance, but then you realized it was just some smudging on the, on the plastic wrap on the outside. Oh god! Big sticker. Yeah. I'm like, I just maybe I just I just don't feel like I can get as into it, and as if it's as strongly there. That's fair. With while there will be blood, the whole thing, I'm like I'm in there. Right. I'm I'm immersed the whole time through. So yeah, fair. I respect it. Best actor, Joey. Uh, Daniel Plainview. Yeah, I mean that's easy, hundred percent easy, easy. Doves. Daniel Day Lewis was great as it. Can't really, can't can't really top him. Yeah. Not anyway. even close. Uh, best supporting actor, Joey. Uh Anton. I, yeah, I was. I feel like it's between Anton and Eli. And Anton is by far superior. Yeah, for sure. In that regards. Uh, Eli's very good. But Anton is on a whole nother level. He yeah. transcends time itself, it feels like. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, best, uh, so we'll say, we'll just call it best screenplay in general. Best writing. Best, yeah, we'll just go with best screenplay. I mean, I guess they're both technically adapted screenplays, but obviously it doesn't matter in this context. True. Probably no country for old men. Yeah. Because, uh, like, everything that was weird about that movie was clearly done intentionally. Yeah, okay. And it's, it's something that isn't normal and not expected. I feel like when you do that and it's successfully done, you must have had a really good writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you know what, you know what I I I can agree with that. Um, written wise, it's way more. There's way more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that like you said, it works successfully because not just because something has it, like something tries to be symbolic, doesn't make it good. Right. Uh, besides what freshmen in high school would think. <laughs> but you're right. When it pays off, that makes it mean so much more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. No country for old men. Is there any other... It's not really any other things I think we could have argued on for it. Um, I mean, we could argue best sound. 
Like score? Uh, no. Not like music. More like sound editing and sound mixing. So just the overall of like how did things sound in the movie. Probably no country for old men for me. I mean, that shotgun. <laughs> That's true. That's fun. That's a fun noise. Especially with their use of silence. Like when it's nighttime in the city and uh, Anton is hunting down. Um, what's his name? Oh, Lewin, Lewin Moss. Josh Brolin, I don't know. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Brolin's character. Uh, whatever that guy's yeah, name is. When, when he's hunting him down, uh, I thought that, that was the most notable sounds for me, at least. I'm, I'm just trying to think, you know, like I'm, I'm really thinking back, especially to like that, that fire scene in There Will Be Blood. I was and, trying to think for that fire scene. And like trying to compare it to everything else, because that's a, I guess No Country for Old Men could maybe have had it for longer throughout the movie or something like, I guess like maybe. smaller technical feats yeah like yeah. here and there because I, f- I feel like with the fire scene i remember it being covered up by some music well, that's what i'm saying like, like that's fine like that that's like an intent of purpose right yeah and i think i think that's that sound or that scene uh, with the music is is amazing. I think that really just right the way that the way it's composed all together between and then all the metal and everything whipping about and all the the metal or not metal uh, the wood cracking. Now yes. I'll give it to there will That's be true. blood. I think I think all of that was yeah much more impressive. Though the shotgun's a fun noise. It's a very iconic pew pew <laughs> and and the gunshots they were pretty cool too. Uh. Best cinematography. That's an important one. I forgot about that one almost. Oh, there will be blood. Yeah, I was saying I could have. I mean, it's got to be that one. Yeah, the, the shots of the big old thing on fire and them standing in the fields, and then yeah, like, the ending shot when he kills Eli and he's like, "I'm finished." That's a that's a, that's like a you could make that into a cool oil painting, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that that'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty good. Well, Joey, looking at it, uh, we agreed with almost everything the critics said. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess well, best, best director. Well, that's probably the Coen brothers for No Country for Old Men. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't really know how to judge that. I don't, I don't fully get it sometimes either. Like, like, it's just sometimes there'll be things I'm like, yeah, it's probably that. You know? I usually put it hand in hand with um, writing, you know? Since usually, like, the screenplays are written by the same person. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and I mean really, I mean, what? Because Best Director just means, like, hey, you made a good movie, right? Yeah, pretty much, right? So I, that, I mean... That's why I think usually Best Pictures and Best Directors are the same movie. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, those are some good movies, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those are some top-tier movies throughout the years. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan movies. I love a good movie. I do too. Let me tell you. Next week, Joey, what are what are we gonna do? Who knows? Who knows? It's a very good question. <laughs> not not me. I don't I never know. You never know. We never know what we're doing. But we'll do we'll we'll bring you another episode anyway, guys. 
But if you have any suggestions, if you guys have seen There Will Be Blood, if you've seen No Country for All Men, if you've seen neither, if you have other movies that we should compare, maybe other Oscar years, like other Oscar ceremonies, that would be interesting to look at. You can let us know on Twitter at What's Up With You Pod, with the U spell with a U. On Instagram at What's Up With You underscore. With the U spell properly, or email us at What's Up With You Podcast at gmail.com. All spelled out. And we'll see y'all next week. Goodbye.